Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. We are episode 105. Joined as always with Zach Tyler. Zach, my man, how was your week? Oh, wait, we're not doing that. Are we? Well, not always. Uh, I was I was in Phoenix last week, so it's not always anymore. That's true. With, we were traveling. With 90, 99% of the time. Yes. Are you on the Grand Canyon payroll? Is that what we're doing now? It's just. Oh, I wish. Yeah. That'd be a good one to be on. Midwest Scout. Yeah, right, right. What um, was good good time, good weather, great atmosphere, good people. Yeah, my week was it was a weird week because there was um city was this week and I, I don't know that I saw any good basketball this week. That's that's I mean from a like from a, a game perspective. I, I mean obviously I saw some good teams and you know, we'll, we'll obviously be talking about some of that later, but but there wasn't really any great games that, that I had a chance to see. I, some of the games I missed were all evidently incredible. One game yeah. before we get into the recruiting stuff, what, where are we? Where are you with the shot clock? Oh, I mean, we've talked about yeah. We had one episode where that's what we talked about, and then we had another episode right. where something came out, and we kind of blew through it. And, yeah. Yeah, I, I give or take. I feel like I don't know. And then we you had to decide at thirty seconds, thirty five seconds. Yeah, it would be thirty five, wouldn't it? I mean, it would. <clears throat> otherwise, what's the point? I guess you're just. So, for those that don't know, or I assume if you listen to this, you already know. But Linton, North Davies played, and I guess I'm getting to a point. Linton basically held the ball. For what the final two minutes, two and a half minutes of the—that's what they're saying—the final two and a half minutes of the um, second quarter, and the final minute and forty-five of the third quarter. The score was twenty-five to twenty-four. They lost to North Davies. You know, North Davies was one of the twenty-four twenty-three. North Davies was one of the best teams in one A. We're going to talk about that later. Um, and everybody acts like this four-minute stretch is just so abominable that now we're ushering in we're ushering in that we have to have a shot clock i'm not sure the shot clock would have i need more evidence than just one team holding the ball and one team watching them hold the ball right right i think that's the biggest part of it yeah i mean that's that's the part that's easiest to point to but what about the other i mean 24 25 25 you know carmel carmel and brownsburg played in the thirties yesterday. I, I don't know. I, I doubt too many of their possessions would have been shot clock would have been altered by the shot clock, maybe at the end of the quarter, the final 45 or 50 seconds, but and everybody's bashing Linton. Meanwhile, my thing is, is North Day. It takes two to tango, right? North Davies just kind of stand there watching him. Exactly. <clears throat> I saw somewhere, somebody said, what, what are the rule? You know, what are the mechanisms that can, keep this from happening and somebody jumped in and said well the shot clock would keep this happening that's true but so would the defense right yep yep i mean this isn't college this isn't the nba this we have five second counts so a guy could basically if if a referee was like right on top of it and really really strict in his count you know a player can hold the ball for 12 seconds anything longer than 12 seconds is the defense's fault right right yeah exactly I don't know. I, we probably aren't. I didn't want to dive too deep into this. I just everybody's banging on Linton for holding the ball, and personally, I think both teams are at fault. I mean, and and really, the fault is is what both teams are trying to win a game. But yeah, I know Linton had the lead when that was going on. I I, I would think though, if I can criticize Joey a little bit, and and yeah, I think he listens, and we're. I would say. Linton did North Davies a favor. I mean, keeping them in the game, right? Keeping it, keeping it as close, keeping it 
close. I mean, not that they would blow them out by any stretch, but they would have the advantage, I would think. That's the way I saw it was we were sort of previewing that game, but I don't know. North Davies turned around and lost to Bar Eve yesterday, I see. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's going to be – that's yeah, that's going to be a that 1A sectional down there, throw in Ligoti. Those those three teams, Bar Reeve, North Davies, and Ligoti, that's – that's the sectional eight and sectional 10 of, of one, a basketball. So, um, you know, and that's the kick of it. We're, we'll, and we'll get that. We'll get to that here in a minute or after we do the recruiting stuff, but, but, um, you know, bar Reeve can sneak out of the South, you know, the winner of that sectional. Well, we'll get, we'll get there in a minute. So any, uh, any alternate thoughts on, on what we talked about with that, the shot clock in that game. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, <clears throat> like we mentioned, the defense can do something about that too. It's not just a shot clock problem. No, I agree. I mean, literally the videos, both teams literally just standing. Right. And everybody's banging on Linton. Um, I don't know. And I, I don't have anything. I love North Davies. I love watching those guys play. They play hard. They're, they play above their weight so to speak, you know, they, they punch above their weight. Um, they don't have a lot of size, so that would hurt them. And like, if it was a single class system, they, but they have the guard play to, to compete the Wilson brothers and Jalen Mullen are, you know, Jaden or Jalen are, are really good. You know, those guys are really good. They, they were outstanding up here in the Charlie Hughes invitational in June. So, all right, Zach. Let's get let's get us up to date on the recruiting stuff. And and uh, it was God, after a few slow weeks. This was a huge week, right? Yeah, pretty big week. We had five commitments this week, and what 107 offers? I think 107, 108 looks like. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. A lot lot going on since last week. So go ahead and get that through, and we'll um, we'll talk about them here. All right. So we had a mix of 2022, 2023 offers and commitments. <clears throat> um, Joey Brown got an offer yesterday from Ball State. He's North Central 2023 kid. Another 2023 kid, a Ben Davis guy, uh, Zane Doughty. Is that how we say his last name? Doughty. Doughty, sorry, Zane. Uh, he got a Siena offer, Division One. Jackson Gould from Warsaw, a Bethel offer, 2023. Marcus Burton, also a 2023 from Penn. He got a Bethel offer as well. Gage Sefton who is a Blackhawk Christian 2023 guy, got an Indiana Tech offer. <clears throat> uh, Keon Thompson, we haven't talked about him in a while, got an Eastern Kentucky offer. We can probably talk about the offers he's gotten since he left Maryville, though. Uh, Dylan Moles, a 2023 Greenfield Central kid, got a Marion offer. Marion was busy this week throwing out offers, too. Yep. Christian Nunn from Attics got a Graceland offer. Uh, A.J. Dixon from Maryville got a Howard offer. That's a JUCO in Texas. Matt Spears from Tech got uh, an IUSB offer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jake Chapman from Tri-Central and Northwestern Ohio offer. Spencer White, another 2023 Carmel guy, got a Marion offer as well, along with Jared Bonds. He's a 2023 Carmel kid too. Uh, let's see. Kevin Bontrager got an IWU offer, and then he ended up committing. Uh, to the commitments now, we'll just finish with those. Andrew Leeper from Homestead committed to Hope. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's a D3 in Holland, Michigan. Raiden Faust from Northeastern committed to IU East. Uh, and then Javon Buchanan from Lafayette Jeff also committed to Indiana Westland. Those two IU commitments were big time steals, right? Uh, yeah, I feel like oh, Elijah sorry. Davis from sorry Elijah Davis from Snyder committed to Manchester. Missed that one. Sorry. Okay. Certainly. <laughs> well, I think no, I think both of them are. I, I don't. I feel really strongly about Jovan Buchanan being a low D one guy, and offensively, he is at six six at six seven. He's really complete. I mean, he's. I can see his ball handling be a little being a little bit loose, but him as a him as a six seven forward who's as skilled as he is in, in the in the um crossroads league is at, at that level is just tremendous and Bontrager I mean that's legitimate size for that level um you know and I've not 
and the only reason why I'm stronger on Buchanan is just I've I've seen him play. I've not seen Bontrager play this year. Um, I almost went up to a Leo, the Leo Snyder game, um, but didn't didn't get that far. Um, shouldn't say didn't get that far. I didn't even go out that evening. Um, but <laughs> but uh, that those are that's a huge haul for Wesleyan. What, what's Bontrager? I mean, tell us a little bit about him. And yeah, he's he's pretty athletic. Maybe kind of sneaky athletic, even for a bigger guy like him. Uh, but but his shooting's coming along, which is I think the, what he needed to work on the most. He rebounds well, passes well, uh, really good inside, really good at finishing at the rim. So so that'll be a pretty good combo of him and Buchanan. It sounds like it. Indiana Wesley and I haven't seen Buchanan this year, so. I, I plan to soon, but but like you're saying, that's going to be a, a pretty good front court. I feel like of those two guys. I mean, he's often he's extremely talented offensively, and, and I, I mean defensively, the ability is there. And you know, against Fishers, I didn't. It wasn't like he was taking possessions off or anything like that. I mean, he's probably more of a, a wing defender. Maybe a, maybe you know he could guard fours at a certain level. And I don't know that, um, you know, he wasn't guarding Harrelson. But there were times where he got switched over to Bryce Williams, Fisher's just point guard, and, and did fine. I mean, Bryce isn't ultra quick, but he's quick. I mean, he's definitely, you know, he's he's definitely a quicker player with and good with the ball. I was, I mean, I walked out of that game really impressed with Buchanan. What we saw in the summer, what I saw in June, at the Charlie Hughes event was it, you know, tra- continued to translate it over to school games. And it wasn't just because it was, it was a, you know, June's still kind of a loose environment. I mean, it's not like teams are fully formed at that point. And, and he was, he was impressive in June. And he was impressive against Fishers. Joe Reedy is a kid that we've, I've felt, I don't know if you agree or not, has been under recruited the whole time. So St. Francis got themselves a great one too. Oh, I, did uh, I miss him? Yeah, you didn't say it. He committed to St. Francis. Fault. You, um, yeah, I, I agree that he's probably was under recruited a little bit as well, <clears throat> especially the Crossroads League schools. Uh, great size, can handle the ball, can shoot it. He's definitely athletic. I mean, I mean, he's, and maybe that's maybe he's a four. Maybe he's just a pure four. And at that level, he can be a pure four. Right. I don't know if I'm a GLVC school, I had to be looking at him. I guess I could be wrong. I mean, and again, looking at him doesn't mean offering doesn't mean, doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you, you go all out on him. Um, and again, I'm not seeing, didn't see Woodland play. I haven't seen Joe play since, since the school or since the summer. So that's just based on what I saw there. So leaper going to hope is that a kind of going to division three school is that kind of a surprise that is kind of a surprise i feel like he had some d2 interest and and uh he's he's athletic we're talking about athletic guys i mean he's an athletic guy <clears throat> i think he struggled a little bit this year uh shooting the ball but but uh yeah the the d3 commitment is, was interesting i thought i mean maybe he maybe he was looking at a good fit in good school too i don't know well i yeah i would imagine so at that point i mean um, the um, Ben Gardner from Carmel went there. The Carmel's first state championship team. He went there, and he's one of the few kids that have left Carmel. Of course, Jackson Jansen's at, at Manchester. Th- those two kids are two of the you know the many kids that you know Carmel kids are kind of I want to say D one or bust, but. But a lot of them don't play in college unless they do get that that sweet spot offer right where they want to go. Um, right. You know, and maybe that means Carmel's got talented kids that, you know, it's it's tough, I think, well, sometimes when you go to a school like that, if you, especially if you may or may, or may, or may, may or may not need basketball to get to college. Um you know, there have been some guys that could have played at lower levels that decided not to. Um, and, you know, you look at what a kid like um, Jack Davidson from Hamilton Southeastern is doing. 
at you know Wabash. That's a kid who's having a, statistically a, a much better college career than he did at high school. Um, you know, maybe with Leap or maybe it was. I mean, and Gardner loved Hope. I mean, he he loved it up there. Yeah, the facility, cool, cool town, great facility. Like you're just gonna say, yeah, yeah, their facilities are top notch. <clears throat> is Holland, Michigan? Is that is that near Lake Michigan? Uh, it, it, it is maybe 30 minutes away from like uh, South Haven. If you're familiar with, with Michigan at all, yeah, a little, eh, just a touch, but yeah, not, not by much. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised by that. And I don't know that he's, I mean, he's, we say he's struggling shooting the ball. He's, he's been able to stretch his game out more. And it, yeah, just definitely. Hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't gotten to the point yet where it's not like it's costing them games or anything, but it hasn't gotten to the point where you're, I mean, you're still gonna cl- you're still gonna play him to drive or cut versus shoot. You're gonna close out short on him right now, and then that's a part of his game that's developing. So, right, maybe he goes to that level and it kicks in, or maybe he goes to that level and he's a, a skilled, you know, he's a four and and is pretty good size for. I don't know. I think he'll have a hell of a career there. That's a good. Oh yeah, for, for sure, and, for sure. Great kid you know. too. <clears throat> How you talk about Carmel guys going D one or bust? How's uh, uh, who's the guy at Finley? Well, that's yeah. I guess I shouldn't say D one or bust. It's full scholarship or bust because it's right, right. You know, I can't think of a Carmel kid that's gone to NAI school. Um, I can't think of a Carmel kid other than the two that I mentioned that have considered going to a D three school. Um, I know. Well, no, I mean Luke Hetty, <laughs> but he's playing for his dad, right? Right, right. I think that's different. Yeah. I mean. Um, and that's a kid that really wanted that really wants to play. And that's a kid that really wanted to play. Like he was constantly working. Um, Andrew Owens. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Finley. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, I don't know. It just surprises me. I, I, you know, I don't, I just surprised me that he was, I mean, it's good for him. You, you pick fit, you pick situation, you pick not just fit athletically, but fit, academically and fit with with the campus culture and and uh, i mean i just think the bottom line is like buchanan and bontrager going to wesleyan this is a great get for hope i mean leapers right i mean leaper would be good at a, at a couple of different levels too so yeah yeah how about raiden faust at iu east is that a good good spot yeah i like him i mean he's look he's a he's he's more of a face-up player than a post-up player I'm sure there's times where he's he's been you know he's posted up smaller guys or, or smaller matchups at certain points in games, but but he's a kid that's pretty skilled. Um, I think defensively there were some questions. There's questions as to what he can guard, and 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 at that level he's a four. And if he can guard a four to five, then which I think is right in his wheelhouse, that's a good level for him. Um, he is. He is not as skilled as Buchanan. He shoots the ball well, though. I mean, Buchanan can really, really handle it. And, uh, you know, Faust is a kid who can – he certainly can drive closeouts, but I, he's not going to change direct. He's not going to be a playmaker specifically. Um, you know, he's not going to be – he's going to be a guy that, you know, maybe gets one bounce to the, and gets the rim and finishes and, and – um, but he's definitely. I mean, I I like that situation for him. Yeah, I think I I mean IU is kind of good one, but I think that's a good place for him too. So um, then we mentioned uh, Keon getting that Eastern Kentucky offer. I uh, wasn't sure if we wanted to touch on that and him him not really getting <clears throat> bigger offers than if he would have stayed. Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely his recruiting has not changed since he went the prep school route. Um, you know, it's not to say that he, again, you know, these, these are family decisions based on their situation, but he's, since he left Maryville, he's gotten three offers. Um, his, his biggest one is what Fort Wayne, Eastern Kentucky uh, PF, PFW. Yeah. I mean, you know, his, the, the prep school situation definitely has not changed his recruiting one bit. I don't know. I guess seeing him as a point guard would be the key just because of his size. And he's, he's just not really a point guard. Um, 
I think the assists he gets are situations where he's in isolation and, and there's a lot of help and, and he has to, he has to get rid of it. But um, now he, he's, he's an extremely strong kid and he can get going. And when he gets downhill, he's, he's hard to stop, but, right, right. but at the college level, there's a lot of big bodies and, and, um, you know, he'll go someplace like that. He'll, he'll go to that level and, and be a kid that really, really produces and maybe looks to transfer with today's transfer portal. Definitely. Um, I could see him having big numbers and, and then thinking he needs to transfer. And then from there, I think you'd have to change the way he plays. He would have to be more of a, more of a point guard, more of a playmaker, you know, more of a guy who can set, set teammates up. All right, Zach, one, a hierarchy. So, so far we've done, we've done three, a four, a two, a or two, four, three, and two. Sorry. And I, I think in one, a, well, you know, what Nick and I, what we did during the preview stuff is still pretty close. I mean, there's one kind of omission. Um, maybe one team we kind of whiffed on a little bit. Um, and there's a couple of unknowns, too. I, we don't, we'll get to that as we go down the list. But who? a lot of this is Southern Indiana. So <laughs> I'm Which not sure how many. I'm not, well, yeah, it's, it's the, the cradle of, it's the cradle of one a ba- of one and two a basketball, Southern Indiana. <laughs> but but you've seen twenty. You've seen Gary twenty first century. Yep. Who'd you see him play against? Valpo. That's when they got shut down. So I mean, yeah, Valpo. Good defensive team. Definitely a definitely going to pack it. You know, not pack it in, but definitely going to be pretty disciplined and conservative. Not going to give any team a lot of angles. Um, what Tough was the last night? <clears throat> Valpo did. The sc- yeah, the, sc- the the twenty first Valpo score was seventy one fifty five. So so twenty first century holds their own in that game, just like Tenley. I mean, look. So basically, here's here's what we had at the beginning of the year: Tenley, North Davies, t- Gary, twenty first century, Bloomfield, Indianapolis Lutheran, Bar Reeve, <laughs> and that's kind of where we thought there was definitely a dividing line. We thought there were six teams that could be in the mix. I think those six teams still exist. Bar Reeve kind of hanging on by a thread, um, but then comes out and beats North Davies last night, right? Right. Is that, right. Is that when that happened? Yep. 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 In overtime. And look, North Davies, Lagodi, Bar Reeve, those three guys can dance around each other all they want. You know, the, it's going to be one of those three teams that wins the sectional. And usually it's, I mean, usually who's has the best record has nothing to do with who comes out of that thing alive. Now, Bar Reeve has kind of owned it lately. Um, but there are some extremely tight games. We could go back and look at some of those scores and you'll see some, a lot of one possession games. Um, even a couple of times when it's been fairly obvious, you know, especially, um, you know, especially during the, um, you know, last year, when they had hope and he's just such a massive matchup issue at any level, let alone, right. let alone one, a level, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of squeezed out of it. I don't, I gotta, I don't think they, I don't think they just blew people away. Uh, let's see, let's see real quick what they did last year. Bar Reeve, which is, is probably their best team in a while. I mean, as good as they've been, I think last year was their best group. 29 and two, they beat North Davies in the, they beat North Davies in the semifinals, 40 to 38. And then they kind of handled the goatee the year before. Um, yeah, it was a little bit better, but that was 2020. They, they probably would have won a one, a state title back then. So that was the year we lost to, to COVID. Um, huh. You know, so yeah, last year wasn't, it wasn't like they just were blowing through people and, and North Davies and Lagodi were competitive. So the, the Tenley, when, when 21st century beat Tenley, you thought, okay, well, you know, that's the game they have to win to be thought of as, as one of the top teams. Um, then I saw 21st century play. Um, Who did I see him play? Um, at Brownsburg. Yeah, who they play up that that Chicago team, right? 
their Illinois team. Oh yeah, that's team. right. Yeah, they did. They yes, and I, yeah, I was very impressed with very impressed with Eric Scott, their big kid. Um, Eric Price, sorry, Price, their yeah. big kid, and really impressed with. I mean, look, we knew Ashton Williamson was going to be a, a big talent for them, and and someone that was going to help obviously help them be better. But I think what I didn't necessarily anticipate was how much of a glue factor he was for those other guys too. I mean, watching, you know, DJ Moss is a better defender. Um, Quentin um, Floyd was a better defender. Now, some of that's maturing from one year to the next, but I think a lot of that too is a guy like Williamson, his leadership dragging them along with them. I mean, last right. year I couldn't have been less impressed with the team when I saw them at Brownsburg. Um. Are we surprised by the loss to Lebanon or not really? No, Lebanon's no, not at Lebanon. Okay. I mean, that's, well, I mean, it's a three-day school. Lebanon's, Lebanon's got some beef. They've got, they definitely <laughs> got some beef to, to kind of pound on people. And, and um, I mean, I don't think Lebanon's going to jump up and compete for, you know, be a, in the forefront of talking about a four a title, but they're having a good year. They've got, they've got a, a good group of juniors. Uh, we talked about what was it last week? We talked about that where everything was like juniors, juniors. Lebanon also has a good group of juniors. I don't know what their senior situation is, but they definitely have got, they've got enough size. They've got a good group of go good, cohesive group. Sloggets can definitely shoot the ball. Um, and you know, they're going to do what? They got a tricky section, it looks like, too. <clears throat> Lebanon. Yeah. Burbuff, Burbuff, Burbuff and Garen and Chatard. Yeah. Do <laughs> you think that's a good one? Yeah. Sorry, back to 1A stuff. No, no, you're fine. No, they do have a tricky sectional. But um, so not surprised that, that Lebanon got them, especially okay. that's the third game in basically 36 hours. Right, right. So if, and that's Gary's thing. If, if they, like a team like Lebanon, Look, you know, they beat Perry Meridian, they beat Evansville North. If, if they can't turn those teams over, I mean, if they can, like Valpo, they probably couldn't really turn Valpo over a whole lot, did they? Right, right. No, they didn't. <clears throat> they struggled to shoot it in that game, too. There's going to be some of that. That's why it'll be interesting to see, as much as I want to see Gary play Tinley in the state finals, it would be interesting to see them, especially against North Davies, what wins out there? It would, it would be does those do those guards are they able to handle the pressure that Gary puts? It's just waves and waves. I mean, the, the game at Brownsburg against Tuscola, they have a kid going to Loyola, and they dominate. They were in control of the game for the first I don't know fifteen minutes. No, no, not fifteen minutes, twelve minutes. But then the last half of the second quarter. Those Tuscola kids, and they had a couple of big, bigger kids up front too to go with that guard. They were hands on their knees. I mean, they were dead tired in the second quarter. Yeah, and you just kind of knew then that the Gary, that twenty first century, was just wearing them down. And that's going to be their mo against anybody they play. They're just going to try to wear people out. You know, you got to look at. You know, obviously, Couts is still a threat. They're having a good year, but I don't think they're going to have the personnel to handle that this year. No. <clears throat> I, mean, I don't know much about Morgan Township. I'm just looking at their section. I don't know much right. about Morgan Township, but, you know, then the, then you look at Tenley, who's nine and five. Their record's not nearly as impressive, but then here are their losses. They lost to Tech last night. They lost to Lafayette Jeff, and they lost three games in a row at the beginning of the year. Warren Central, they lost to Tech again, or that was the first time they lost to Tech. And then they lost to Gary 21st Century. They're going to be as tested as anybody going into the tournament. And here's who here here's who Tenley has left on their schedule. They got a, kind of a well. The good the game against Metropolitan will be good. Um, although they're not having the year we thought they would. Um, but then they get into Blackhawk, Christmas Addicts, and Lawrence Central. That's what February looks like for them. There's other games, but those are the core of it. So right. So even but if even if they pick up. All three of those, let's say all three of those were losses, um, which I, you know, it still wouldn't shake 
my view of what they'll be in 1A, you know, in the state tournament, because it doesn't change who they are. They've, they've got a lot of athleticism. They've got a lot of depth. They've got playmakers. They've got, they have decent size. They don't have, like, they struggled last night finishing against Tech. They left a lot of points at the rim, a lot. Um, and, you know, they, um, early in the game, when they were kind of counterpunching with Tech a little bit, you thought, well, maybe if Tech, some of the crazy things Tech does, you know, Tenley can hang in there, and then Tech would turn them over, or or somebody at Tenley would get to the rim, and then the ball would just kind of roll off the rim. I mean, you could tell there were times when a couple of those kids um, were really speeding up to try to get through, try to get the ball uh, through uh, Lizenby and through. Um, you know, just the other link, uh, Matt Spears and and even, you know, even Rashad, Rashid Jones, you know, those guys, just a lot of length and can bother those, you know, bother anybody, especially, you know, the smaller 10 link kids. But, and that's, it's, that's who it was. It was, you know, it wasn't the Pinksons that struggled, although Jaden had one where he got the rim and kind of rimmed out, but he maybe got a little fouled a little bit too. So, but, yeah, looking at looking at twenty first schedule, then going forward, like you just did with Tinley. I mean, <clears throat> they play Morgan Township, who we mentioned as a sectional opponent. Gary West is down. They play them. Um, Couts, you talked about them. That's another sectional opponent they'll see. Uh, Calumet's pretty tough. They go to, to Ben Davis. That could be interesting. Ben yeah. Davis has come out of nowhere, kind of this year, I think. Right? Um, yeah, Culver, Culver we Academy. We kind of thought they were a year away. Right. I mean, but figured they would be good. Sure, sure. But then they've come down to reality. They've they've dropped. You know, the loss to Decatur Central was kind of interesting. Um. But look, man, when you when you play for, when you play in the county tournament, in those four games, I mean, you know, Ben Dave or North Central <coughs> wins that and comes out and loses by twelve to Lawrence North. There's no shame in that. There's just you play four games in a week. I'm sure there's a letdown. Definitely. So, yeah, um, Gary, 21st has a, a pretty solid schedule there going into sectionals. <clears throat> yeah, they'll be prepared. I mean, they'll be they'll certainly be tested. Bloomfield, the team that we had fourth, you know, again, their losses, a little more telling. Two of them, they're 13-3. and three. Two of their losses are to Linton. Their one losses to – they had their other losses to Ligoti. They've got North Davies left. They've got Bar Reeve left. So that's two teams they're going to have to. You know, that's two teams that are going to be in their, I think regional. Uh, let's see, would that be regional or semi-state? I can't. Um. No, that might be semi-state. Hold on a second. Let's see what sectional. Yeah, that would be semi. No, that would be. That'd be regional. That'd be regional. No, semi-state. Bloomfield would be Bloomfield would meet them in the semi-state. Bloomfield would have to go through Tenley in the regional. Let's make sure I'm right. Yes, absolutely. Because it's that regional would be sectionals 57, 58, 59, and 60. So that would be that regional. Um, you know, I don't know if Bloomfield. Again, if if Tenley can't, if Tenley doesn't turn them over, then I think Bloomfield's got a chance. But I think again, the speed of that game will dictate who comes out of there. Possibly, um, I don't know if Billy Brown's status for Tenley is going to change by by the tournament time. He's been in a boot. He's been in a brace this whole year. I don't know what his timetable is yet. Um, Indy Lutheran, we're probably talking about teams now you've not seen. Um, there are three losses. Edinburgh, that's a team we've got to talk about. Southport, Triton Central. Again, that Edinburgh loss kind of looms. I, I think Edinburgh's moved ahead of them in our, at least in my mind. Um, and, but then Edinburgh, you know, Edinburgh's that one team other than their, other than their county teams that they play. They don't really schedule up. Um, I mean, they've got some teams that are 2A and 3A that are in their area, but 
but they don't they don't really do much with their schedule. Um, yeah, I was just looking at that too. <clears throat> they go to Shelbyville coming up in a week or two. I mean, they're twelve and one. <clears throat> you know, but there's there's nothing there. You know, there's there's nothing there that you know, necessarily suggests that they're gonna that you know they you know they played Greenwood. They got beat by Greenwood. It was a low scoring game. Um, and um, you know, I don't obviously don't count them out because you think that they're gonna. You know, you you probably give them a good. I mean, they're they're in that. They go down south because Edinburgh's in a sectional with with basically the teams that are in the deep deep southern Indiana, like Trinity Lutheran, Shaw Memorial, West Washington, and Edinburgh's probably the class of that sectional. But I don't know that I see them getting through. You know, whoever wins the the Lagodi sectional, I don't see them getting through that mess. Uh, I mean, it's not out of the question, um, but they're not going to be as prepared as what those teams are, or as tested. I shouldn't. I hate the word to pre- prepare. They're not going to be as tested as what those teams will be heading into heading into a regional. Um, but I would think Edinburgh would win their sectional, um, and you know, come out of that thing and, and ha- have a big challenge at the regional level. That their sectional. Um, that their schedule hasn't necessarily prepared them for yet. Um, the, the two teams I don't have much info about are, are Jackson Dell and Fremont. Now, have you, have you had a chance to see Fremont play yet? No, <clears throat> I have not. I know there was some talk about them at the beginning of the year and up North. I, I just, just don't know much about their talent. It's yeah, probably, they've got a couple younger guys, I think. And then Lafayette Central Catholic is kind of sneaking around, sort of hiding in the bushes a little bit. And, and you know, and again, I don't know. Now they're a team that usually, you know, they're eight and five. You know, in the past they've been they've hovered around five hundred more. Their losses are all three A. Well, Blackhawk, but then the rest of it's Lafayette, Jeff, Harrison, Western. Uh, and then another one to Lafayette, Jeff. So, you know, LCC with their sectional. They're, they're not getting not, blown out. <clears throat> no, they're definitely, no, they're, they're, they've been competitive with those, with those teams. You know, but Covington's, you know, a team in their sectional that uh, is, does well. I mean, has, has done well. They've been in the state finals in the last three or four years. Um, but they're definitely, they're definitely stiff around. I'm looking at the AP poll, and Tenley ninth is kind of ridiculous. I, the whole idea of voting based on record or voting based on who won or lost. I mean, Tenley losing to Tech has no impact on their on their ability to win a one A state championship. I mean, right, it's not like right. they got blown out of the water, even though it ended up being a 22 point game. Um. You know, they, I don't know, any, most of those teams, I mean, really, 21st century would compete, obviously, and I think North Davies would compete. I don't think the rest of those teams, the way they're situated this year, would, would be competitive with some of the teams that Tenley has played. So, I could be wrong on that, but. Um, yeah, the, a couple teams up here by me, <clears throat> Triton and Argus still. Uh, they they play each other in a week here, and then that's that would be the the sectional winner. Also, they play in <clears throat> Triton sectional, so one of those two teams makes it out of the sectional, and then they would run into Gary Twenty First as well, pro- projecting you know, ahead obviously to regional. Yeah, Jason Jason Groves done a great job with with Triton. I mean, he's his record's outstanding there. He's he's been there it seems like forever. Um, but the teams that he's the, – the stretch there they had where they were just churning out sectionals. Let's see. There was a stretch there. One – you know, they got the state finals. They lost to Borden. Three, four, five. There's another state finals run. Uh, they won the, – he's been in the state finals, it looks like, three times, four times. Hey, yo. 
Clay O. Yeah, I mean that, but those are the teams that had that kind of talent, right? You know, the borderline that D one, borderline D one guy. You, didn't Yao end up at uh, Bethel? Yep, he went to Valpo I mean, and then came. Yeah, came transferred to Bethel. right. Went to Valpo, yep. transferred to Bethel. Yep. <clears throat> I don't know that they have anybody like that now. No, they don't. Uh, they, they've got some really nice pieces, though. Some really they, good guards. And I see guys that that I don't think when I say that now, I, I mean guys that are being recruited at a, at a Division One level. I mean, right, right. I mean, again, I don't look at them as as necessarily a threat to Gary 21st century. And, you know, look, we're, we're, we're taking stands here. We're not, you know, we could do this thing where, yeah, everybody has a chance. It's, that's why they play the game. And that's true. But I mean, just flat out right now, I think Gary 21st century is coming out of North. I, yeah. I, don't, I, I think Tenley has way more traffic ahead of them. Um, they, they're going to have a, a sectional where they've got, um, are they going to have a regional where they have Bloom, Bloomfield? Uh, let's see this. One, two, three, four. And let's do this. I'm, I'm on. Yeah, I mean, Tenley's will have Lutheran in their sectional. That's going to be a good game. Then they'll have potentially Jacksonville, um, probably Metropolitan or Bethesda Christian. And then Bloomfield in their regional. I mean, I certainly Bloomfield is a little bit more tested. Um, then what, you know, then what some of these other teams we've talked about will be. Uh, Bloomfield will have, has a tougher schedule. Um, let's get to them. Bloomfield has played, oh, well, maybe not as much. I keep giving them credit for playing all those Bloomington area schools. Well, I mean, look, Edgewood, Edgewood's not the same Edgewood that would have been, <clears throat> that would have been a few years ago. Um, but they play Linton twice. They play, they do play Edgewood, who's down this year. Washington's not, not a great group this year. Uh, certainly not anybody that's, you know, challenging for a state. They play Bloomington South. They play Sullivan on top of the other games that we mentioned earlier, which was North Davies and Bar Reeve. So, you know, the, the second half of their schedule is probably a little tougher than, than what their first half was. But again, they will be a team that's tested. So I think when you look at these smaller schools, you look at teams that schedule up and who are willing to play anybody. And, you know, Bloomfield's one of those teams. It's not as tough as it used to be when they used to play the Bloomington North. And of course, Edgewood was really good there for a nice stretch and, uh, they would play Bloomington North and Bloomington South. They probably would play Bedford over the years. Let's let's see about that. Uh, my browser decides to give out on me now. Yeah, and if, if we're talking regionals up here, it's pretty. There's if we're talking Gary Twenty First also, they come out of their sectional Triton. You get Triton or Argus out of that sectional, <clears throat> Fremont out of that sectional to the regional. And the Tri County sectionals not great. They've got Caston, North White in there, so. Yeah, I mean, Gary 21st looks like they've, just by looking at records, a pretty easy route to semi-state. Yeah, and I don't, yeah, and I don't, I mean, I guess LCC, if they could. Right, that would be. I don't know how well, I don't know how well they shoot the ball. That would be the, you know, that would be the least on paper, the one team that A, could compete with them physically. Sure. But also you know, plays, again, a team that plays above their weight class. They, they, right. they definitely schedule up. Right. Um, I, don't know, I think the one the one team, although I don't think they'll break through, but the, the one team I don't know really much about at all is is Jacksonville. So, um, well, and Lafayette Central Catholic, too, to be fair. I think Metropolitan has been disappointing this year. Um, Rock Creek is a team Nick and I both thought would have a, a better year than what they have, but they also, they play, um, hold on a second. Rock Creek plays pretty, they don't play just a bunch of small schools. They, they move around a little bit. They've got Jennings County that, with a loss. They lost to Brownstown, which is a 3A team. Corden's a 3A team. 
Um, Southwestern Hanover has probably been better than what we thought they would be coming in, considering how much they lost to graduation last year. Although they just got a transfer. They got a, trans, a mid-year transfer who's playing right away and, and, and contributing a great deal. I can't – I had to go – Nick would know his name. I got to go back and look that up. But I think that loss to Paoli for them is pretty bad. And they're – and Rock Creek is is interesting because they've got seven footer uh, Mariel Diaper, then they are Dipper, then they've got um, or Depor, if I would say it right. Um, they've got the the other big kid, uh, um, three six seven kid, and then they've got a collection of guards that you know are pretty quick, and uh, they're they're located down in Sellersburg. And, you know, they've had, you know, they've, it's been a while since they've won a sectional, but, you know, they've had some years where they've, they've probably challenged teams and then just fallen off because that they get to that North Davies, Lagodi, Bar Reeve area for regionals. And then, you know, that's kind of where it stops. So they've only been around since 2003. So, um, They've probably not had the kind of year we thought they would have. But again, some of their losses, they've not lost to a 1A team yet. So, you know, what that means down the stretch, they play Jeffersonville later, they play Scottsburg later, who's who's having a pretty good year, especially for how young they are. Um, you know, they'll play Peak and Eastern, who's having an outstanding year at the 2A level. Um you know, that's, I mean, they're, so they're going to have some, they'll be tested by the time they get to sectional and their sectional. I mean, it's Borden who's, who's have you know, Borden's good. Usually um, it'll be those two teams really um, that compete for that sectional, but I don't, I don't see them getting through the regional. That's the only thing. So unless something changes there drastically. Right. But um Anyway, any uh, any other thoughts? I mean, I mean, I think probably need to go watch Fremont play. Are you Triton? Who's Triton play this week? You said or coming up? Uh, they play Argus. Argus, that would be a good game. Yeah, Argus. Look, Argus with JJ Morris. They're you know they're having an outstanding year, but again, I don't know how. I don't know. Looking at what they do, you know, I mean they they certainly play. I mean, their schedule's not great. Their game against Peru will be a challenge. They play Fort Wayne Wayne later. I mean, look, they play Plymouth. That's right in their area, but Plymouth is just... Yeah. Yeah, they're a little better. They started out the year 0-7, yeah. but they've won five of their last eight. <laughs> this is not your father's Plymouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Argos is scheduled not... Not not going to be great at preparing them or at testing them for for tournament time, but it does get a little more stout here toward the end of the, end of the year, February. Again, that Peru game looks really good. Um, I mean, they got North Judson at the end of the year, who's a team that we didn't talk about during the two A stuff. They're eleven and one, but I think if we looked at them, they probably haven't played anybody either. They've not. I'm looking at it right now. Their best wins probably Couts. Yeah, I think Argos is a team we need to get get eyes on. So you'll be are you going to that Triton Argos game? Yeah, I think it's Thursday the third. Yeah, that's a, <clears> so I'll, that's the that's the that. Thursday when everybody plays though. Yep, yep. So that's not as unique as right as what it what it could be. All right, Zach, best game of the week, my man. Oh, uh, I saw a couple blowouts, so I'm not sure which one I'm going to pick. <laughs> uh, maybe one with most hype. Uh, was probably the crown point Chesterton game. There you go. Do that. I think <laughs> you're just going to talk about that game the whole this whole segment, right? No, I mean I'll talk about Marion Culver Academy here soon. But uh, yeah, that game was was pretty hyped up. I mean, I thought so anyway. I didn't know AJ Lux was kind of hurt a little bit going into that game, but he ended up finding out that he is pretty. He is banged up. What was, uh, what's hurt about him? I I I didn't get into details with that. I just heard that he is a little banged up and even consider not playing, I guess, in that game. So, okay. Um, 
<clears throat> he, he only had one field goal in the entire game. That was early in the first quarter. Um, you, yeah, that, that, that Chesterton is just really, really good. And I mean, they've, they've shown why they're number one in four a, I feel like. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen them do what Homestead did, which is kind of dip down and play teams in different parts of the state. I mean, they did come down and play in the, in Noblesville. And I guess it's not their fault. They can't control the draw necessarily. They can't control, uh, they, they can't control who wins. Uh, they, you know, they ended up playing, um, Noblesville and Norwell after, after Northridge. Well, yeah. So there's two far Northern Indiana teams and their game against Noblesville. They looked, they looked awfully good. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I walked out of there impressed. Um, but the rest of these guys are kind of beating up on each other. And, and they're, and while they're proven to be the class of the region, um, like the region, they, um, you know, be, uh, the, and them, them against Penn, have they played, did they play Penn? Is that? No, they don't this year. They don't this year. <laughs> they did last year. And I think that was just a filler game. Yeah, last year was interesting because of all the COVID stuff, but. Not that we're out of the woods, evidently, but you know, Warsaw comes up with a pretty pretty good win. They they Chesterton plays Warsaw later, but again, I don't I don't see. I mean, if, I guess I mean if Warsaw can beat beat Valpo, I guess they can come up and beat Chesterton, but it's at Chesterton, and then and then Chesterton and Valpo, February eighteenth. I mean, as we've sort of anointed Chesterton the best team in the region, yep. you know, Valpo's going to get their shot at uh, you know directly get their shot at them and. And that Hammond Central game will be a challenge for Chesterton too. So it's not like they don't play. Let's still, yeah. Let's make sure they, it's not like they don't play a good schedule. Yeah. Um, but some of those teams are down a little bit, um, you know. And and with the way Merrillville has struggled at times against good teams, the, the game against Merrillville was, you know, I was a little surprised that it was that tight. I don't know how the game, the ebbs and flows of the game was, but but an eight point win at Merrillville. When Merrillville's taken some heavy blows, heavy blows, to the chin. they lost a 30, yeah. lost a crown point by 30, lost a Munster by 30. Um, they lost a Fort Wayne Snyder by 38. They lost to Addicts by 18. They lost to Fishers by 46. Oof. I mean, they've taken some big shots and they yeah. kind of hung around with Chesterton. So, I mean, that's sort of, that wins sort of damning by faint praise a little bit, but. No, I mean, I, I look for them to come out of that regional and challenge, obviously, that they get, get to the semi-stage. So. Right. They got Valpo again in that regional, potentially. They, they that, in that sectional. Sectional, sorry, that, that sectional. sectional. Yeah, they're sectional. Yeah, they're, <laughs> their sectional is going to be a grind. And, look, they'll they'll, they'll have a shot. Look, if, especially if Penn comes out of the – especially if Penn comes out of sectional four. Yeah. I mean, Penn, Warsaw, I mean – They should. It's not going to be a walk, but but they'll definitely be favored. They'll definitely be favored. And I don't think you can say that about anybody in that what is the Logansport regional. I mean, I don't with the way things are going right now, you know, I don't think you look at whoever comes out of the Carmel sectional as odds on favorite to just you know, Homestead's still gonna have a say. Um Snyder. Snyder, yeah. They're gonna Four. they're gonna they're going to be there. Four way north if they can get healthy, maybe. Who are they missing? What? Um, the sophomore. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, they've been erratic. They were kind of bad at the beginning of the year when they had everybody. Um. Yeah, I mean Snyder and Homestead are in separate sectionals, so you're going to get probably both those teams. Of course, we we kind of thought that last year, didn't we? Yeah. Did they get there last year? God, I, my brain, my brain is mush. No, they got beat by Carroll. Carroll's not beating anybody this year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're one and 12. So um, they lost more than a coach. They lost kids to graduation. They lost Jalen Jackson and Northrop. I mean, Northrop's, I mean, you know, Jalen Jackson go in that game, be the best player in the gym and, and could, could carry Northrop through, but. Um, I would anticipate Snyder Homestead getting to the getting the regionals. So, um, 
my best game of the week. I tell you why it was a bad week. Um, oh, I don't know what to tell you on that one. Um, I guess my best game of the week. I saw it like you. I saw some kind of blowouts. I guess my best game of the week is Carmel Pike. But I mean, really, I mean Pike started the game. Hit their first five makes were threes. So they were kind of hanging in there, but then when that went dry, Carmel started kind of pulling away and, and really took control of the game. It, there's, I mean, that was literally the best game I saw this week. I mean, my other options were the city game Ritter versus Washington where, you know, Washington played really well. I saw Greenfield play Richmond on Thursday. I mean, there was a stretch there where, Greenfield got a little sloppy and Richmond climbed back in it. But at the end of it, you know, 26 point lead got dropped down to about eight or 22 point lead got dropped down to about eight, but then it ended up being a 15, 17 point game. That was not pretty. Um, yeah. My best game of the week was, was Carmel versus Pike. And I don't really have a whole lot to say it was, as far as how competitive it was. It just was the best game of a bad lot of games because the city games last night, Neither one of those, especially the Cathedral game, was not competitive. Um, you know, and, and Attics is outside of – I mean, Attic, the, the talent on Attics are a freshman and sophomore. Uh, Christian Nunn is obviously good. He's he's going to be a good good player in college. But, but once you get beyond that, it's – it's it's um, it, it's Rutland and, and – and Desmond Briscoe and Briscoe is one of the best freshmen in the state. Um, but they're just, they're going to, you know, that's not going to be, they're just going to struggle physically once they get against those teams. And, and as some of those teams are going to be teams they have to face in the sectional. So um, yeah, Carmel Pike. And I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. So <laughs> who's your best team? Um. Man, I saw both of those tough – Marion and Chesterton were both really good. Marion, Marion played really well, though. Yeah. Um, obviously, Chesterton shut down Crown Point, but uh, I'm going to go with Marion. Uh, Brooks was great. Sullivan was great as usual. Um, it's just crazy that they go down and then play those teams in, around by you, and then it's it's like a different level for them. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's a sign of things to come when they get there again or – or what with Marion? Well, the, the game against Westfield, look, the interesting thing a lot of times is you look, um, you, know, you look at how they're using Kakalia, and it's, it's telling that he's getting three-point shots, I mean, out of their offense. I mean, it's not something that's just happening by circumstance. It's they're, they're not running stuff for him, but, but they are putting him in situations where that's the shot he's going to get. And right. against Westfield, he didn't hit any of them. But, in, you know, but every now and then I would look over at the coach. And sometimes when kids shoot, I look over at the coach, over at the bench to see if coach is happy, unhappy, or, or what. Um, not a blink. So if Kakalia pulls in a couple of those, especially when Westfield's making their run, you know, maybe that stems the tide a little bit and they – you know, that it changes their level of patience uh, because then I think things got a little quick for them and, <clears throat> and, you know, they, they probably forced some shots. Yeah. You know, and um, so I don't, you know, I still think Westfield wins that game, but, but I don't think they, it's one of those deals where they pull away and win by 18. It's um, so, you know, if he's, if he's hitting, then that just changes the, the dynamic of how you got to guard them. And, and, you know, that's a tough matchup for Sullivan, too. So because Westfield is really good at, you know, the, the, the teams they play have good guard play. So, right. You know, it's I, just, it was just interesting because Culver had just lost to Westfield the night before by one or two, I think. And then. Yeah, but we don't know. I don't we don't know the status of Braden Smith in that game. Though, yeah. Do we? I mean, yeah. I don't know that he's not playing, but I mean, they, you know, they got beat. Well, we'll get to that in a minute, but. Um, anyway, Marion Mary, was my best team. Okay. My best team of the week was Cathedral. Um, just the, 
this was a game where all their options were on the table. I mean, all their scoring options were on the table. It was pretty balanced. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to save more of that when we get to the best player, but it was a pretty balanced attack. They did play without Xavier Booker who missed because he was out of state at a, f- a family funeral. Um, you know, that changes a little bit. I think they're a little better defensively when he's off the floor, which is maybe controversial, but there's been some games this year where he's, there's been at least three games where he doesn't, doesn't see the floor in the fourth quarter. Neither Hall of Fame game did he play in the final six minutes of the game. I'm not even sure he got in the fourth quarter of either one of those games. Same thing against Carmel. He didn't play in the fourth quarter. So there's definitely there's definitely situations. Those are three good games where they don't where they close the game without him. And they played the whole game with him yesterday. Um, and I'm not saying they're better without him. They just it's just a, they can do more defensively against teams that don't have length, you know, he's got a good matchup when they play Carmel against Charlie Williams, but he didn't play in that game. I don't want to make this about Booker because he wasn't there last night, but Cathedral looked really good. Um, you know, Jake Davis was hit, hitting shots. Tayshawn Comer was just running the show. Um, uh, sincere Germany got going early um, and, and they just pulled away. I mean, that was my first running clock game. They pretty much blitzed addicts and didn't take their foot off the gas and well I, I wrote a little bit about them when they when they're they've had some moments this year that where they've been a little disengaged and, and things snowballed on them um but then when they're when they're cooking they're hard to beat because they just they have a lot of people they're playing their freshman guards more yeah. lebron Goff played a lot kennedy played a lot and played early not just not just late but they played early when the game was still being contested so they were my team of the week who was your best player of the week Deglin Sullivan, Mishawaka Marion, he filled it up against Culver. Uh, did a little bit of everything. Got to the basket, hit a couple threes, rebounded well, dished, dished off well. I mean, he just he looks really good and continues to look really good night in and night out, I feel like. A uh, kid that's kind of under the radar, it seems like. Uh, offer-wise, obviously, doesn't have any. And I'm not sure who he's talking to. I need to check that out. But, but Deglin Sullivan, junior point guard for – or junior two guard either way for Marion yeah, is my, my guy. You got to think he'll get some crossroads interests in that uh, conference at Michigan schools as well. So um, there'll be some, they'll, they'll break through there. So uh, my player of the week, I'm going to stick with that position and go, or not my player of the week, but for this segment, go with, stick with that position, go with Tayshawn Comer, just the way I couldn't tell you what his stats were, but just to watch him, complete control of that game last night against addicts. Um, he does everything for them. He's, you know, he can rebound his position pretty well. He, he doesn't, he has no fear in traffic. Uh, he, he's, his shot looks better. You know, definitely. Uh, every, it seems like every time out, his shot looks a little smoother. Uh, he's, he was really good last night and, and, you know, he's a big reason why they got off to a great start against addicts. And he's a big reason why they didn't take the foot off the gas. Because he's just – he was – he will get them going, and he's got to be that guy that, that steers the ship. And, um, you know, and I like that – I like that he plays those freshmen and, and doesn't – like there's no big timing. There's no big timing the younger kids. There's none of that. They, those freshmen get opportunities. Um, he just was in complete control last, yesterday, and, and, you know, they, they obliterated um, – they obliterated addicts. I feel like I'm picking on Chris, but um, it's just how it went. So, um, any any anomalies this week, score wise? Anything catch your eye? I've got one that I'm going to touch on, but anything catch your eye this week that kind of surprised you or or was like, whoa, set you back? Yeah, obviously. Uh, I mean, Friday night Warsaw takes the loss at Concord, and then turns around and beats Valpo on Saturday. That was that was well, yeah, a that wow. did surprise me. And I, you know, the Concord loss, you look and you, because I know Jackson Gould was hurt. I don't know how many games he missed, but there was a game earlier in the, yeah. a couple of weeks ago where he missed that they, that they got. He, he actually, he played that game Friday night. He did. He, yeah, he did. He had 23. I, I did. Yeah. I looked it up. I looked it up specifically <laughs> to see, well, maybe Gould wasn't, isn't back yet because that was part of the preview for Valpo. Right. Was, right. So anyway, yeah, that was probably, I, for me, it's, I mean, Brownsburg, what a weekend for them. I don't know if you noticed, they beat Westfield Friday night and turn around and beat Carmel last night. And, you know, I think they go into that weekend thinking, man, if we can just 
be in the game late, they feel pretty good about it. You know, you don't take moral victories away, but, but, you know, those are going to be teams that they don't see until the state finals. You know, they should be lucky enough to get through, through the regionals and semi-state, but, but yeah, they come out there and just bounce both of them. Like it's nothing. I mean, they didn't blow anybody out, but, but um, they were down 20 to 11 at halftime against Carmel and ended up winning 33 to 31. So, um, Carmel, so both teams had 11 point half, or maybe Carmel was had 20 to 13 at halftime. Then Carmel came out and scored 11 points in the second half against Brownsburg. So, so I assume at some point that'll be a game I watch this week. But uh, any upcoming games you're looking forward to this week? Um, <clears throat> let me see. I was gonna look at my schedule. Marion's at John Glenn. That'll be a big conference game for them and telling of what's going to happen later on uh, in sectionals as well because they can meet there. Uh, Jeff plays at Kokomo Friday night and Portage at Kankakee Valley Saturday. KV took a lump the other day, didn't they? I don't know. Well, for me, it starts with city city finals tomorrow night. Or I'm, Well, yeah, it is tomorrow night, Well, which will be tonight, Monday. We're recording Sunday morning, but we'll publish this Monday. So the city finals are tonight at Tech. I highly recommend you getting there. And I highly recommend you if you go get there early because they do pack that place for the finals. Uh, a mask is required to get in, by the way. And they do walk around and have people make sure they're wearing them. Um, if you're worried about crowds, I would stay away from that game. <laughs> but if you're not, it's going to be a great <laughs> environment. Um, I'm a little – I, I kind of get to sit alone so i don't worry about it too much and if i really need to i can sit on the floor and take pictures too so um that that game definitely looking forward to it and then i've not figured out yet what i'm doing this weekend carmel at ben davis is friday night i'll definitely be at that game um so i'm looking forward to those two games so zach my man i know you got to run we'll yep. let you go and and uh, man i appreciate your time as always thanks Bye.